You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Dear Church, this is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who is dead but is now alive. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance, and I can see your constant improvement in all these things. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Today we lost an hour of sleep, and I know that you could be doing a million things right now, but I appreciate you coming to worship with us today. Uh, Let me just say up front, I always feel like when my voice is doing something a little out of the ordinary, uh, I have to say it's not COVID, it's allergies. And so uh, if you hear my voice straining a little bit today, just realize uh, that it's allergies and it's allergy season for me. I I do want to welcome all of those who are joining us for the first time. I I know that many people uh, will watch us or listen to us before ever considering coming on our campus. And so if that is you, I I just wanna say welcome to the family. And I also wanna say, I hope that you'll consider joining us uh, on a Sunday on our campus at some point in time. Uh, We would love to take you out for coffee and hear about how God's working in your life. I I wanna welcome all those who are watching in San Antonio and the surrounding areas and in other states. Uh, We want you to know we see you, we care about you, and we are glad that you're worshiping with us today. I also want to say welcome to those who are watching on the patio, Uh, and especially I want to have a shout out for Ryan. Uh, Ryan is one of our key volunteers who takes down that service uh, after the patio service is done. And so uh, if you're sitting close to Ryan, will you tell Ryan a big thank you? Uh, He has been just a key volunteer for us, and uh, Castle Hills has been blessed with so many wonderful volunteers. Well, I want to start off with a quiz today, and, and hopefully it won't be too hard for you, but I'm going to give you the nickname of a city, and, and you tell me the city's name. And so we'll start off with an easy one, the Windy City. What is the Windy City? Of course, that's Chicago. The Big Apple, New York. Uh, what about Sin City? Anybody know what Sin City is? Of course, you guys know what Sin City is. That's Las Vegas. What about the Steel City? What is the Steel City? That's Pittsburgh. I I know that we have several Pittsburgh fans uh, that's part of our church family. I'll pray for you. Uh, Hopefully you'll have a better uh, football season next year. What about the Mile High City? What's the Mile High City? That's Denver. Uh, And we know that Colorado is such a beautiful place. What about the Emerald City? Anybody know the Emerald City? 
that is Seattle. Uh, Seattle is the Emerald City. Shout out to Megan. Uh, she's one of our key volunteers, and I know that she's a big Seattle fan. Oh, what about Charm City? Uh, this is one that I didn't know, Charm City. That would be Baltimore. And what about the City of Trees? Another one that I didn't know. That would be Boise. Now, what about the City of Brotherly Love? I think most of you know that one, and that's Philadelphia. And, and today we're actually going to talk about Philadelphia and, and not, the, not the place that has the rocky steps and the famous cheesesteaks and the Liberty Bill, but we're actually going to talk about a letter that was written to them. Uh, we've been in a series called Dear Church, and we've been talking about seven letters that God wrote to these seven churches, that Jesus wrote to these seven churches. And in week one, we talked about Ephesus, the loveless church. And then week two, we talked about Smyrna, the persecuted church. And in week three, we talked about Pergamum, the church that tolerated evil things. And then we talked about Thyatira, the corrupt church. And then we talked about Sardis, the dead church. And then we come to Philadelphia, and that's the faithful church, the faithful church. Now, let me give you a little bit of background about Philadelphia. Uh, how did it get, to get its name? Well, it was founded by two brothers who actually loved each other. They had brotherly love. And it was located on the plains of a volcano, and it had fertile soil, and it was known for its good grapes. But not only for its good grapes, but also for making wine. And so it would have been wine country. And so if you like wine, this would have been the place for you. It was also known for its leather production, and the city had a nickname called Little Athens because of its festivals and its cults. Philadelphia was, was a small town, but one of the reasons why it was small, there wasn't a lot of people that wanted to live there, but it was because it was known for its earthquakes. In fact, about 60 or 70 years before this letter was written to them, they had such a major earthquake that tremors lasted for years and years afterwards. And so it wasn't exactly a wealthy town. It was a town that, of course, you can imagine the damage that earthquakes and tremors would, would do to a town uh, time and time again. And so you, you had this town that was known for its wine. It's known for its earthquakes. Uh, and it was uh, also known for... Uh, honoring those who served it well. And, and when you retired, if you, if you were a political figure or someone who served the area well, instead of giving you a watch or a plaque or maybe a gift card or making you a cake, uh, they would write your name on a pillar in one of the temples there. Now, I just want to just for you to kind of just take a mental note uh, because we're going to come back to that in our text a little bit later. But when you were honored, after you retired, uh, they would write your name on a pillar there. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3, we'll start at uh, verse 7. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. Uh, this is the message from the one who is holy and true. That's describing Jesus. He's holy and true. The one who has the key of David. And the one, or what he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. If you turn to Isaiah 
22, you would actually see that this is what it's referring to. It's going back to Isaiah chapter 22. I, I've told you this many times, but John often refers to the Old Testament. In Isaiah 22, you see a man named Shibana, who was a palace administrator, and he works for King Hezekiah. But he was an unfaithful steward. Uh, and, and what we see here in, in Isaiah uh, 22 is that Shemba would be replaced by a man, man named Elikim. And, and what we see is that Elikim foreshadows Christ. And he ends up taking uh, control. He ends up taking, replacing Shemba. And he ends up uh, being in charge of the palace. And he's given keys to David's house. Uh, basically control to the gate. Uh, he determines who can come in and come out of uh, the king's palace. And in the same way that Elikim controlled who came into David's house, the Messiah would control who comes into God's house. And so Jesus is making it very clear that he is the one who has the key of David. He determines who comes into God's house. Now, let me make this very practical for you. My dad, after retiring for 30 years, he retired. And he spent about six months around the house doing house projects. But then he decided he needed to get back to work. And he became a maintenance man at a, an apartment complex and eventually uh, at the church that they attended. Now, my dad became very popular there as a maintenance man. It wasn't because of his great looks and, or his personality, but he was popular because he was the man who had all the keys. And if you got locked out of your apartment, they came looking for Ron, the maintenance man. If you wanted to get into the pool area or if you wanted to get into this area, Ron would always have the keys. My dad would have the keys. And so what you realize is the person who has the keys has the power, has control. And Jesus right here is saying, I have the keys. I have the keys to let you in or to keep you out. Now, let's keep on reading. It says, I, I know, and keep on reading in Revelation chapter 3, it says, I know all the things that you do. I, I know your deeds. I, I have opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you've obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. And Jesus says, I know the things that you do. You have faith and you show it. And you can say that you're a Christian, but do your deeds back it up? And this little church, Jesus says, hey, I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. And yes, church, you are small. You may have little strength, but Jesus says, I have opened a door for you. I have opened a door. Now, what does Jesus mean by this? Well, tradition tells us that Jesus opened up the door of opportunity for them to plant churches all the way into India which I think is pretty fascinating, that, that God uh, used this little church, this church that had went through hard things, that had little strength, and God was using this church to actually plant other churches. Now, that's what tradition tells us. And despite the opposition that they were facing, despite being treated poorly, especially by some Jews, and God continued to open up doors of opportunity for them. God says, if you depend on me, 
If you depend on me, God will open up doors of opportunity for us in our life. And I want you to do me a favor right now. And something that I pray for is that God would open up opportunities for this little small church, Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, that God would open up opportunities. And the favor that I'm going to ask is, would you pray that God would open up doors of opportunity for us? That God would just show us what direction that we need to move in. Where do we need to be a light to people? How can we be a hope to people? Would you take a moment right now? And pray that God would open up doors of opportunity for Castle Hills Christian Church. Now, let me give you three, three insights on open doors. First of all, God is a God that opens up doors. God is a do- God that opens up doors. He loves to create opportunities for his people. And he made us with free will. And he gives us a choice uh, to to take advantage of the opportunities he gives us. But we have a God that gives us opportunities, that gives us open doors. Secondly, we have a God that opens up doors, or open open doors are never just about me. So often when we think about doors of opportunity, we think about, well, how does this door bless me? But often the doors that God opens isn't about us and about us getting something. But often he opens up doors so that we can bless others. He he wants to give us an opportunity to be a light in our city, a light in our culture, a light in our jobs, a light in our family. And so often, so when we talk about open doors, God is actually opening up doors so that we can bless others. So we have a God that opens up doors. And then we have a God that opens up doors so that we can bless others. And then thirdly, open doors begin where we're at not where we want to be. God opens up doors where we're at, not where we want to be. John Ortberg tells the story of a woman named Linda Wilson Allen, who was a bus driver in San Francisco. And over the years, she became such a blessing to others that the Chronicle, the newspaper, wrote a front page story about her. She would wake up at 2.30 every morning to pray And she asked that God would open up doors that she could bless others as she drove her bus. And she carried love to everyone that she met. Sometimes it was simply a smile. Sometimes it was a fist bump or a handshake. But she tried to bless everyone that she came into contact with, uh, all of her passengers. And so often we say, well, God, I want this door or I want that door. And God says, actually, I'm giving you this door right now where you're at. And so as I read about, uh, uh, as I uh, read about Linda Wilson Allen, I, I thought, you know what? Why do we spend so much time thinking about doors in the future and, and thinking about the doors that God has put right in front of us? What doors has God put right in front of us to give us opportunities to serve him, to bless others? Uh, let's continue reading in Revelation chapter 3. It says, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, uh, which again is a common theme that we will see in Revelation, to persevere, to keep on going. I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world uh, to test those who belong to this world. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. If, if you're a highlighter person, I would highlight this. It says, I am coming soon. Now, for some of you, that excites you. 
man, Jesus is coming soon. We're not going to struggle anymore. We're not going to go through the pain. We're not going to go through the suffering anymore. Others of you, that's a little scary for you because you're like, ah, I don't know if I'm ready for Jesus to come back. But he says, I'm coming on soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown, your reward. All who are victorious will become pillars, notice pillars, in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. And I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that will come down from heaven from my God, and I will also write on them a new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And so catch this. Uh, because they obeyed, because they persevered, Jesus says, I will protect you. There will be times of testing. There will be hard times. But he says, I'm coming soon. It's not going to last forever. And whatever you're going through, guess what? It's not going to last forever. It's going to be a season. Now, I, I don't know about you, but this just gives me peace to realize, you know what? Jesus is going to come back. And yes, COVID has been terrible, and, and we can name off all of the terrible things. But Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's coming soon. I, I don't know about you, but when I think about this, these verses right here, he, he says persevere. He says hold on. And, and that's a theme in Revelation. Hold on. Keep on persevering. And, and when you persevere, I'm going to give you the crown. I, and not only that, but you're going to get a pillar. And it's not going to be a pillar that's a temporary pillar that will be knocked down in the future. No, this pillar will be in the temple of God, that you will be in my presence. So see what, what John did was he, he wrote about what was going on in the culture. Like, hey, when you retire, you get your name on this temple. Jesus says, guess what? When you persevere, when you hold on, I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to put your name on a pillar in the temple of God. You're going to be in my presence. And, and Satan can do whatever he wants. But guess what? God's people win. So let me leave you with, with two takeaways. First of all, hold on. Hold on. Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold on firmly to the hope that we profess because we can trust God to keep his promise. Hold on to hope. Hold on to Jesus. And, and some of you are saying, well, I just don't have the strength to hold on. Well, guess what? It's not all up, up to you. It's not your strength. This is when we lean into God and we say, God, I don't know how I'm going to keep on going, but I just totally submit my life to you. I totally trust you. Secondly, have the courage to walk through open doors. I think God puts, puts open doors all around us, but many times we fret and we're like, oh, what, what door do I go through? And God is saying, just walk through the door. Just walk through one of them. I, I've given you several open doors. Just go and bless someone. Go be a light to someone. Go and help someone. Have the courage to open, to walk through the open doors that I give you. And so let me just kind of summarize everything in a nutshell. Hold on. And walk with courage through open doors. Hold on, persevere, and walk through open doors with courage.